Angela Bowen, the host of Together We're Gonna Find Our Way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. How's everyone doing this fine, almost mid-afternoon? No, actually, it's only 11.05, according to my laptop time here. The sun is shining. Oh, it looks so beautiful. It's like 50 degrees outside. I love mornings where I get woken up by the sun. Let me just say, this episode of Silver Spoons that I'm covering today is, it's a downer, uh, it is a big downer, very sad. There's no sun in this episode. No sun, no happy times. Of course, the episode I am referring to today is probably the only real big serious episode to date. That episode is season 2, episode 20, entitled Spare the Rod. Ricky finds out that his accident-prone friend Toby is actually being physically abused by his father. This episode has a 7.3 out of 10 rating based on 19 ratings. And we have Toby Andrews played by Mino Palouse, who, if you watch Punky Brewster, Soleil Moonfry on there who plays Punky, Mino Palouse is her older half-brother. This episode was directed by Jack Shea. Writers David W. Duclin, or Duclin, Duclin, Ron Levitt, Michael G. Moy, Stephen Pritzker, Barry O'Brien says story, so Stephen Pritzker says teleplay, and then we have story Cheryl Alou, which I'm thinking she wrote let me check. I bet she wrote for um, Punky Brewster. Yes, she did write for Punky Brewster. Alright. Martin Cohen, Howard Leeds, and Ben Starr. Okay, let's see what we've got here. Ooh, we got some trivia. We got some trivia. Joel Higgins and guest star Mino Palouse previously co-starred together as Sam Best and his son Daniel in the TV sitcom Best of the West. Really? Hmm. Well, that's interesting. This episode aired on March 24th, 1984. Here's a a quote here. Larry, on attending a support group, what if I say no? Edward Stratton III, then our only choice is to call in the police, and you'll be charged with child abuse, and Toby will go to a foster home. He's my son. I don't think there's a court in the country that would take him away from me. Edward Stratton III, you could be right. I remember last year there was a kid that came into the hospital 
who was pretty banged up. The doctor found out his father had been beating him. They reported him, and the father went to court, and he swore up and down that he would never do that again. So the judge gave him the benefit of the doubt, and then a month later, he lost control and hit his son again. Found himself right back in court, only this time, he was on trial for murder. Oh, oh my goodness. Wow. Oh. Like I said, guys, this is not going to be a pleasant episode. And we do see a side of Edward that I pray we never see again. And I get that he has to be like that for the episode so he can have something to relate to this abusive father, Larry. I get that, but my goodness. And like I said, I haven't seen these episodes before, so you can imagine my shock level is going to go through the roof. Um, Like I do on every podcast, I like to let you all know, I like to, first of all, thank you all so much for listening. If you've started on this journey back with me in September, thank you. If you're just jumping on board now, thank you. Guys, this is a wild ride. We are in almost three weeks. We're going to be in season three of Silver Spoons. And we are going to get some new characters. We are going to, well, we are going to get Alfonso. We're getting Alfonso. I don't know who else is going to be jumping on board, but, um, yeah. So, like I said, like what I like to do, I like to let you guys know where you can go if you're new or if you're listening and you haven't yet. Go to the Facebook Together we're going to find our way in unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. You can even type in Silver Spoons in the Facebook search bar and it should come up. Uh, Silver Spoons pod or podcast in Instagram. Um, Twitter, it's under the under the banner of Punky Power PB podcast slash Silver Spoons podcast. If you guys would like to reach out to me and talk about your memories of the show or if you enjoyed the podcast, you can do so at... Punky Power PB Podcast at gmail.com if you want to talk about Punky Brewster, if you want to talk about Silver Spoons, go to Silver Spoons Podcast at gmail.com. So many, many ways. Also, if you've been listening for a while, if you haven't yet, if you love the podcast, if you enjoy listening to it, if I make your week so much brighter, go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. That way the Punky Power podcast can get noticed by other Punky Power fans like yourselves. And the same with the Silver Spoons podcast. Guys, it's all combined into one. Um, as you know, I have been putting Full House and Fuller House episodes up there as well. When Silver Spoons is done, towards the end of next year. Hey, Swiss Miss, how you doing, babe? Quinn decided, like, oh, she's recording. I don't want to miss anything. <laughs> Good girl, Quinny. And my lunch is cooking right now. Um, um, yeah, so once Silver Spoons is done as of next year, it's going to be strictly, it's going to be Full House and Fuller House. So, yeah. That's going to be what I'm going to be focusing on, yeah. I already got uh, two podcasts done and under my belt. I got Punky Brewster. I got The Wonder Years done. 
on occasion, I do Mr. Belvedere once in a while. Um, I may, down the road, focus on American Dreams, that podcast, and just re-upload the episodes that I've done, but that's going to be a bit down the road. Alright, but before I officially jump into this episode, I want to give a shout-out <clears throat> a shout out to podcast listeners for the week. We have Reno, Nevada, Sewanee, Georgia, Pardeeville, Wisconsin, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Los Angeles, California, Uniontown, Ohio, Farmington, Missouri, Germantown, Tennessee, France, Muskegon, Michigan, Gainesville, Florida, Quakertown, Pennsylvania, Prosper, Texas, Wyoming, Michigan, Westville, Oklahoma, Denver, Colorado, Russian Federation, France, Germany, Cairo, Egypt, I'm sure I mispronounced it, and Dublin, Ireland. Alright, I think my lunch is going to go off in a minute, so I'll be right back, and I'll be jumping into this sad, sad episode. Guys, you've been warned. I'm sure some of the clips I play are going to be maybe not too, too harsh, but we'll see. Just fair warned. If this is a trigger for anybody, um, I would probably suggest maybe skipping this episode. But then again, I haven't seen it. I don't know how bad it's going to get. I don't think they're going to show anyone getting physically hit on this episode, but... Or at least not the kids, I don't believe. So, alright. Alright, so we uh, open this episode. We're in the living room. We have Kate and Edward on the couch. And Edward is nervous. He hands Kate a gift. It's very beautifully wrapped, which she does compliment on. I'm guessing it's got to be like a birthday gift, would be my guess. And she's like, oh, I'm just, I'm nervous. And he's like, yeah, I'm nervous too. I mean, I, I, I think, you, I don't know if you like it. And I like how he's kind of, he's got his hands between, you know, his legs there. And he's just kind of wringing his hands like, oh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. What if she doesn't like it? I want to play this clip. I'm nervous. Yeah, me too. I'm afraid you won't like it. Whatever it is, I know I'll love it. The paper is lovely. And, and the ribbon matches perfectly. And the bow is so cute. And I just love the way... Will you just open it? <laughs> is it a precious moments thing? <laughs> what is it? Oh, Edward. What is it? It's porcelain, honey. It's an antique. Oh, it must have cost a fortune. Well, yeah. But I wanted you to have something really terrific for your birthday. Oh, thank you. But my birthday isn't until next week. Oh, crap. Hmm? <laughs> next Thursday. I know that. I know that. This is, uh... Pre-birthday present. It's a... Uh, <laughs> wait till you see your main birthday present. <laughs> well, I can't get over how beautiful it is. Uh, well, I think a beautiful woman should have beautiful things. Edward, here's a note of advice. Um... Write Kate's 
birth date on a calendar. I mean, because she does say, oh, by the way, my birthday is actually next Thursday. And he's like, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, it's next Thursday. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> but what he gives her, he says it's an antique and it's made of porcelain. And it's got these really colorful flowers on it, almost like they're arranged on this, like, um, porcelain, um, wood, like, wildflowers on, like, um, like, driftwood or something. It's, it's really pretty. I really like it. So, he's like, uh, and, and it's funny, because I'm like, oh, that could be, like, a pre-present. And as soon as the words left my mouth, Edward's like, oh, well, yeah, this is a pre-present. A pre-birthday present. I mean, <laughs> wait until you see what I'm actually really getting you. And she's like, this must have cost a fortune. He's like, oh, well, I mean, <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> I just love them being cute and nervous together. It's just so sweet. So we head to the French doors as we have Ricky and Toby coming through. And he's still wearing a heavy jacket. At this point, it's like late March. But then again, they live in New York, so I don't know what the weather... I don't know what the weather is like here in the Mitten State. Just because it's like late March means nothing. Because it could still snow. The thing is, I mean, the weather here, it just is always transitioning. And I just feel like, I mean, it's like... I call this mid-May. We're in the second full week of May here. And it's like, I don't even think we're really going to get a real spring. We're just going to morph right into summer. So, Ricky takes Toby's jacket off and we see, like, this white band kind of around the back of Toby's neck. And then it goes across to his shoulder. And we see his arm is in a sling. Oh, boy. Right off the gate with... Kate and Edward are, don't even notice them. They're too busy making out. And, of course, they're whispering as Ricky's like, Oh, yeah, by the way, they kiss a lot. I love this joke Ricky makes about my dad buys chapstick by the caseful. And right away, um, they, do, they do break away from the kiss, and they finally notice once Ricky puts his coat down on the desk... I'm like, oh, hi, son, how are you? I'm like, hey, dad, what's... Oh, wow, well, this is really nice. What is this? And Kate's like, well, your father got me that for my birthday. Aww. Of course, Ricky knows when Kate's birthday is. Like, dad, Kate's birthday's not till next week. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Even Ricky knows when her birthday is. It's kind of sad when the boyfriend doesn't know when the birthday is. Come on. That's the thing you put on your calendar, or you put it in your phone. Well, now you would put it in your phone. I mean, this episode was in 84. You couldn't do that back then. <laughs> they kiss a lot. <laughs> in fact, my dad buys chapstick by the caseful. <laughs> Hi, son. Oh, Hi, Dad. Oh, what's that? It's a present your father gave me for my birthday. But, Dad, her birthday's not till next Thursday. I know that. How was the basketball game? Massive slaughter. Hey, all right, way to go! Uh, Dad, we were the slaughterees. We lost 88 to 24. Yeah, but for the first... 
first 30 seconds, it was anybody's game. I want you to meet a friend of mine. This is Toby Anders, my dad, and Kate Summers. Hi. Hi. Nice Hi. to meet you. You hurt yourself in the game? Oh, uh, no, I was warming the bench. This happened last week. It's a long story. <sighs> Toby was trying to save Brian Setzer. Yeah, see, Brian is a stray cat that roams around in our neighborhood. Why do you call him Brian Setzer? Because Brian Setzer's in the stray cats. The who? No, the who's a different group. Toby saw Brian stuck up in a tree. Yeah, see, he was meowing, and it looked like he couldn't get down. So I started climbing up after him. But the higher I climbed, the higher he climbed. So, finally, just I got a hold of him, he screeched, the branch broke, and down we went. You're lucky all you got was a sprained arm. Yeah. Are you right-handed? I am now. <laughs> you know, stuff like this always happens to me. I'm a walking disaster area. Yeah, you, you've heard of casts of thousands? Well, Toby's had thousands of casts. <laughs> Why don't we get these two guys a couple of great big chocolate milkshakes? I think that's a good idea. I'd like yeah. one myself. Yeah. So Toby's concocted the story about trying to get the cat Brian Seltzer out of a tree. And he's like, you know, the farther, the higher I climbed, the higher the cat climbed. I went to reach for it. It screeched at me. The branch broke. We both fell. And Ricky kind of makes a joke about how you've heard of a cast of thousands. Well, Toby here's had a thousands, thousands of casts. I'm like, that, uh, ew, that's not funny. Even in today, no. <laughs> so you're saying that kid gets that arm broken a lot. And Edward's like, oh, are you right-handed? And Toby's like, well, he holds his hand up like, oh, I am now. <laughs> so Kate, of course, asks, like, why is the cat's name, like, Brian Seltzer. And Ricky's like, well, you've heard of uh, Stray Cats, right? And Kate's like, who? And Ricky's like, no, who is another band? I'm thinking, buddy, she knows who the who is, alright? She was probably at Woodstock. Maybe not, I don't know. She might have been. So Kate and Edward get up like, hey, how about we make these boys a chocolate milkshake, and they both exit into the kitchen, which we have not seen the kitchen yet. Eventually, I believe we will see the kitchen. And the boys came back from a basketball game that they lost. They were basically slaughtered. It was like 80-something to 24. And Toby's like, yeah, but the first 30 seconds of the game was anybody's game. I mean, uh, and... Toby, of course, he was warming the bench. I mean, what are you gonna do? You can't play basketball one-handed. Maybe you can. I don't know. But maybe if, if anything, he was just warming the bench, but he's also there to support the team and everything like that. So, Ricky is on a basketball team now. So, he went from baseball to basketball. Wasn't he also... Didn't he... We heard in that one episode about, um... Like the sounds of is it the sounds of silence where he was playing the bassoon and he just wasn't good, but then he and his dad got to talking and he mentioned something about being on the football team, which we never see any of that. So they're just kind of making him not just a smart kid with computers; they're also branching out and making him like into sports and stuff. They're giving him many layers and facets to make him more like the average boy that boys, young boys of this time could relate to. Oh, Edward and Kate have not even left yet. So, Ricky's like, hey, come on, let's show them some moves. Uh, oh, oh, he is like, Ricky is right to the 
the side of the couch, and Toby is on the other end of the coffee table. Oh my goodness. Alright guys, I'm getting nervous with this. I'm going to play this clip. I'm kind of wondering if this is where it happened, where Edward gets so angry that he grabs Ricky by his arms. Rick, don't dribble the ball in the house, okay? But I need the practice, Dad. No, I'm not in the house. Okay, but first let me show you my patented amazing so behind the back you not to dribble the ball in the house. I'm sorry, Dad. It was an accident. It was not an accident, son. You deliberately disobeyed me. I'll pay you for it. You can take it out of my allowance. I ought to take it out of your hide. Calm down, Edward. It's my fault, Mr. Stratton. I'm the one you should be mad at. I, I shouldn't have told him to throw me the ball. Well, what's done is done. Rick, I want you to apologize to Kate. I'm, I'm sorry, Keith. It's okay, Ricky. It's just a piece of porcelain. <laughs> okay. uh, a, a, a stunning, magnificent piece of porcelain. Anyway, it's the thought that counts, and my thought here is to shut up. <laughs> well, why don't you two guys go up to your room, Rick, huh? Meanwhile, I'll try to think of a proper punishment for this. Punishment? Dad, I told you I was sorry, and it really was an accident. I can't help but to think that this would not have occurred if you'd given it to her next Thursday when her birthday really is. I'm out of here. <laughs> so, Ricky, why are you doing this in the house? How many shows have we seen now where kids are bouncing balls, basketballs in the house like they think that's fine to do? That is an outdoor activity. So, he's bouncing his ball. Like, here, let me show you what we did in the game, Dad. And Edward's like, now, Ricky, I said, no, do not bounce that basketball in the house. And Ricky's like, no, Dad, I'm just going to show you. And Ricky takes the basketball, kind of does a side turn so he can pass it. And it goes, skims the coffee table. But, of course, in doing so, it takes the flower porcelain gift that Edward had gotten Kate. And just, whoop, sails it right along with the basketball onto the floor. So, Edward starts walking over to Ricky and grabs Ricky by both arms. I thought he was going to shake him for a second, like, what did I No, he didn't do that. He tells Ricky, like, I told you not to bounce that ball in the house. I told you not to do that. And Ricky, of course, the way that Edward has got his arms clamped on, he's got his hands clamped on Ricky's forearms. Like, he's literally, like, squeezing them. Like, I want you to pay attention to what I'm going to tell you because you really messed up this time, buddy. And Ricky's all like, Dad, I'm sorry, it was an accident. And Edward's like, you deliberately disobeyed me. I gave you an order and you directly disobeyed me. And Ricky's like, Dad, Dad, I'm sorry, you can take it out of my allowance. And Edward is like, I'd rather take it out of your hide. Kate comes up, puts a hand on Edward's back to try to calm him. Like, Edward, please, 
it's just a piece of porcelain. And Edward just kind of looks at her like, you know how much you paid for this thing? Toby jumps right in there and he is really shaking. He is like really scared. This has probably given him like flashbacks to when his dad would hit him and beat him to the point where this kid gets a broken arm. And granted, he does not want to see the same thing happen to Ricky. Granted, he's never met Mr. Stratton. He doesn't know his anger levels as far as how far that he would go. He probably... He pro Toby probably thinks... Just like the boy in Full House, um, Silence is Not Golden, who probably thought every kid got beaten for doing something wrong. So Toby probably, he doesn't know how other kids, are, you know, parents handle discipline. He, like I said, he probably does think that if a kid does something wrong, they're gonna get hit or they're gonna get a broken arm or something like that. So, Toby is alright. He's like, it's my fault, Mr. Stratton. I'm the one that told Rick to throw me the ball. Please don't punish him. Oh, my God. Oh, my. Oh, Toby. Buddy, not all parents are like that. So, Edward kind of, he releases Ricky like, alright, uh, Ricky, I would like you to apologize to Kate. And... Ricky does. Like, I'm sorry, Kate. So this is where Kate is like, it's okay, Ricky. It's just a piece of porcelain. And this is where Edward looks at her like, are you serious right now? Are you kidding me? Do you know how much I spent on your gift? I could tell you. I could tell you just how much I spent on that. And Kate is like, a stunning, magnificent piece of porcelain. And she's like, well, it's the thought that counts. And my thought here is to shut up. Like, uh... So, Edward just tells Ricky to take Toby up to his bedroom and just hang out there for a bit. Of course, Ricky doesn't help himself. Like, hey, Dad, this probably wouldn't have happened if you had actually given Kate her gift on her actual birthday next week. Like, buddy, just go upstairs. You're not helping your case here, okay? What? You're, you're just not. And this is where Edward says, while you're up there, I'll think of a proper punishment. And this is where Ricky's like, what, Dad, I said I'm sorry. What do you need to punish me for? Yeah, he's like, I told you I was sorry. It really was an accident. So he's throwing the blame. Oh, it's, you're the reason, Dad, that I wouldn't have done this if you'd actually given Kate her gift on her actual birthday. And the look that Edward gives him is like, you need to go upstairs, or I will actually hit you. Go. Now the boys go upstairs, and I'm sure that Edward is just... He has never gone that far with gotten that angry to the point where he would have physically hit his son. But he looked like he was heading in that direction. And that's got to be, I mean, that adrenaline rush, that anger just boiling to the surface. It's like, that's where you make a mistake. You may or may not be able to take that one back. So luckily, I think Kate putting her hand on Edward's back kind of brought him back down to earth. So I'm going to play this clip. Did you see the way he yelled at me? 
Yeah, you really got off easy. Easy? Yeah. If it would have been my daddy, he would have done a lot more than just yell. What would your dad have done? Never mind. Look at this. Born. Okay, baby face. Come on out. We got you surrounded. Maybe you can talk some sense into him, Father Flanagan. Toby, what were you saying? He said. Okay, baby face. Come on out. We got you surrounded. What were you saying before that about your dad? If I tell you a secret, will you promise never to repeat it to another person, living or dead? I promise. And if you tell, you're going to have to pull out all of your nose hairs, one by one. dad gets mad he gets a little physical I mean he hits you sometimes but he does it for my own good I'm a real screw-up bull you're a great guy who else would risk their life to save a cat I didn't do that <laughs> you mean your dad this to you told me to take out the trash. I forgot. So he hit you for that? Well, look, it's like my dad says. He's got to be tough on me so I learn how to behave. Now, come on, let's have some fun. No, actually it cuts right up to Ricky's bedroom where he and... Toby, or Toby's like, oh, look, a bullhorn, and he, like, shouts into it. Okay, I'm gonna backtrack. Let's go back to the beginning of the clip when the boys enter Ricky's bedroom. Ricky sits down on the edge of his race car bed, because he's still got that race car bed, <laughs> and Ricky's like, can you believe the way that he yelled at me? And Toby's just standing there looking down at Ricky with his arm in, his, in a sling, saying, yeah, you really get off, got off easy. And Ricky's got no idea what Toby's home life is. I mean, Toby puts up a good front of rescuing a cat in a tree. But Ricky just look at, looks at him like, easy, are you serious? And Toby's like, yeah, if it had been my dad, he would have done a lot more than just yell. And of course, Toby puts his foot in his mouth. And Ricky's like, yeah, what would your dad have done? And of course, right away, Toby's like, I shouldn't have, thinking to himself, I shouldn't have said anything. So that's what makes him go over to the bullhorn that's sitting on the table, like, wow, look at this bullhorn. And he speaks into it and says something about, like, uh, the gangster baby face or something like that. So Toby extends the bullhorn out to Ricky, like, here, you try. And Ricky's like, no, I want to talk about this. What did you mean when you said your dad would have done more than just yell at you? It's like, Tobes, you open this box, buddy. You open this box. And, <laughs> I like, how do you expect, what do you expect, Ricky, to just forget about it? Like, you're the one that, that opened this box and let all this out. And Ricky stands up. He's like, no, what, because 
Toby goes back to yelling into the bullhorn, and Ricky stands up and says, no, what I mean is, like, what do you mean when you said my dad would have done more than just yell? So, Toby's like, alright, if I tell you a secret, do you promise to keep it to yourself and not tell anybody living or dead? And then he says, if you tell anybody, you'll have to pull your nose hairs out one by one. And of course, instinctively, Ricky's hand goes right to his nose. Like, Ugh. I thought he was gonna, Toby was gonna do the typical thing that people were like, if you tell this secret, you have to yank out your fingernails and toenails or something to that effect. So Toby sits down for this story. He looks at Ricky and says, well, look, it's just sometimes when my dad gets mad, he gets a little physical. And guys, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I say my dad is a great man, and he is, but there were times where he would get so angry that he would get physical with me. I know that paints a dark picture and everything like that, and I think that's probably why I'm always asking people, like, are you okay? Are you okay? Like, Jeremy might get irritated, but he would never ever lay a hand on me. But I think when he starts to get irritated about little things, I quickly try to make the situation better and try to cheer him up or something. And it just seems like as a kid, that's what I did with my mom getting upset, you know, with her lupus. She had had her stroke and she wasn't able to talk and everything like that. So I'd always be like, and she'd always be kind of going after my dad and yelling at him and everything. And I'd always be like, Mom, Mom, come in here and watch me do the dishes and stuff. like." And I was like less than seven years old when I was doing this. But I always tr tried to be the peacekeeper in the situation. And Ricky's looking at Toby like, gosh, like, you mean like he hits you? And Toby's like, yeah, sometimes... And Toby's making excuses for his dad's actions. Like, yeah, but he does it for, like, my own good, you know? he To make me, uh, to straighten me out and everything. Because he calls himself a screw-up. And Ricky's like, bull, I've seen the way that you are. You're a stand-up guy. You even rescued a cat in a tree. And at this point, Toby gets up and turns away from Ricky, so he's facing us and not Ricky, because it seems like these moments when characters do this, they're gonna deliver a monologue, or they're going to get serious, and they are afraid to show emotion in front of, you know, the person that they're talking to, so that's why they face away. Like, they're about to get real. As Toby says, that was just a story, there was no cat. And Ricky's like, so what, your dad did this to you? Like, that's why your arm's in a sling? And Toby, basically the reason that his dad did that was because Toby forgot to take out the trash. Are you kidding me? Really? Just because he forgot to take out the dang trash? You're gonna break your kid's arm? His dad needs some help. Why does it always seem like the scenario is the dad is either drinking and takes out his frustrations on his kid because his wife either left him or passed away? That is the same situation with the episode of Full House. Actually, I want to, after this, I want to play that clip from Full House because Mino does a great job and this is 1984 and I want us to hear 
from like 1993. And Ricky's even like, your dad did that to you because you forgot to take out the trash. And Toby's defending his dad. I, a deep part of him loves his dad. And he feels like, hey, my dad's got to be tough on me so I won't be such a screw-up all the time. It's for my own good. So, not only is Toby being physically abused, he's being emotionally manipulated. and So, there's emotional abuse, too. So, Toby is really trying to change the subject here. Like, come on, let's have some fun. And Ricky's, look on Ricky's face is like, you just unloaded on me something fierce, and you want to try to forget about it and just, like, have fun or something. It's like, ah, We cut to commercial here. I'm going to play that Full House clip real quick from Silence is Not Golden. Now, I will eventually cover this episode in full for the podcast, but I'm the clip I'm going to play is where... Charles reveals to Stephanie about how his father is abusing him. The same scenario here where Charles... It's the same thing, too. Stephanie forgot to take the trash out. So, yes, uh, Michelle comes up like, Stephanie, you're in big trouble with Dad. You forgot to take the trash out. And he said he'll deal with you, you later. And Stephanie's like, wow, shoot. That's the second time in the last week that I've done that. And Cheryl's like, wow, you're really in for it now, aren't you? And she's like, yeah, my dad is going to flip out on me. And of course, Charles is in the mindset that every kid gets hit. In his mind, this is just normal. Every parent does this to their kid when they mess up. As he says, oh, you want to know what helps me? Think, try thinking of a funny movie like Home Alone or Roger Rabbit. That's what I do when I'm getting it. And Stephanie's like, get what? And he's like, well, you know, like when your dad's pounding on you. And Stephanie's like, my dad never hits me. Does yours hit you? And immediately Charles backs off like, I just opened my mouth. I shouldn't have said anything. It's like, no, look, just, just forget it. But I'm going to play the clip. The kid they have to play Charles, if you were a 90s kid and you saw the Mighty Ducks, of course you saw the Mighty Ducks, right? Saw every one of them. All three of them. This kid was only in the first Mighty Ducks. He plays Peter. He's kind of like a tough Brooklyn or a t- Italian kid. Wears the 90s typical backwards hat. Of course, in this mo- uh, episode, he... Also, he's wearing, like, a leather jacket, and he's got, you know, the 90s flannel shirt and everything like that. But this kid brought it to the table. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Mino Palusa's character. We're still delving into that story. But I wanted to do a comparison of both um, just this scene and then also, you know, how Toby explained about... What happened with him and his dad. And in a way, it just, it seems like Silver Spoons, this episode came out in 84. This episode of Full House, let me get the thing here, uh, aired February 16th, 1993. So, um, it's been nine years, and they've done other episodes on child abuse. There are other episodes. There is even one in, I believe, season four of Punky Brewster, which was okay. 
I think in the order of the three, I'm going to go with definitely Full House, then Silver Spoons, then Punky Brewster. But I'm going to play this clip. Big trouble with that. <laughs> big, 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 Okay, okay, I get it. what I do? You forgot to take the garbage out again. Uh-oh. Dad said he'll deal with you later. Just thought you'd like to know. <laughs> Why? Guess you're really in for it now, huh? Yeah, that's twice this week. My dad's gonna flip out on me. Well, you know what helps? Try thinking of a funny movie, like, like Home Alone or Roger Rabbit. That's what I always do when I'm getting it. Getting what? Well, you know, when your dad's pounding you. You mean hitting? My dad never hits me. Does yours hit you? No, just, just, just forget it. Let, let's do the assignment. <laughs> but you said you always think of a funny movie. Do you get hit a lot? Look, I didn't mean anything by it. Just forget it. Okay, let's do the assignment. Charles, you can trust me, I swear. No, I don't care if you swear in your mother's life. My mother is not alive. Oh, I'm sorry. Mine's not alive either. I'm sorry. Look, the thing is, my dad does hit me sometimes. But it's my own fault for ticking him off. Boy, did he really clobber me last week. You mean when you came to school with that black guy and you said you walked into a door? Yeah, a door named Dad. Maybe you should tell someone. No, no! I, I can't tell anyone, and neither can you. What time is it? 5.30. I forgot to phone my dad and tell him I was going to be late. He's going to kill me. I got to go. I got to go. The Charles. Steph, you got to swear to me. You can't tell anyone as long as you live. Ever. You got it, okay? Okay. I swear. So on the same thing here like we have with Toby, there is... They're blaming themselves. They're making excuses. Like, it's my own fault for ticking him off. Or, my dad does this because he's trying to straighten me out and make me strong and, and tough. And so I don't, I'm not a screw-up and everything like that. It's like, oh my goodness gracious sake. Oh, um, like I said, Full House, I am covering this episode, you know, later on. But, um... God, this is a hard episode to watch. And that music doesn't help when it kicks in. And the feels and your heart is breaking because you don't know what's going to happen to this kid. You have no idea what's going to happen to him. They barely even sat down to do the assignment. He's like, what time is it? And she's like, oh, it's after five. He's like, shoot, I, I forgot to call my dad and tell him I'm going to be late. He's going to kill me. And... And Stephanie's like, but Charles, and he looks at her dead on in the face and says, Steph, please, you gotta swear to me not to tell anyone as long as you live, okay? You you got that. And she's like, okay, I swear. And he books it out the door. It's like, he knows he is in deep. But now let's cut back to Silver Spoons. Oh my god, uh, my eyes are welling up with tears already. Real quick, another comparison is the whole... 
if I tell you something, do you promise not to repeat this to anybody? Like, do you swear to me? Swear to me that you will not tell anyone about this. Like, Toby and Charles are so scared about what could happen. Maybe not just to them, but to their parent. How their parent's going to react, most likely in a negative manner. They are that scared. Not to mention, they don't know if someone says something, not only will the parent and the father get angry, they'll get hurt again. Maybe even worse. But the odds are, someone calls the authorities, somebody calls CPS, that child is taken from the home, they're put into a foster home, which could probably be just as bad, if not worse, than the situation they were already in. It's just a terrible situation all around, and it just feels like there is not a win-win situation. But the one thing I look at, like, about Full House, like, we haven't, I have not finished the Silver Spoons episode, so I don't know the outcome, but with Full House, you see Stephanie going to the one person she could confide in. And that is Uncle Jesse. Uncle Jesse has two young children. It makes more sense that she would go to him rather than go to Joey because when has she ever gone to Joey with a problem? He does not have kids. He would not be able to relate to this situation. Granted, yes, Joey's father was in the military and Joey does bring up a time that when he was young, his father would physically hit him as a way to straighten him out. And, of course, Danny, you know, he's got the three girls and everything like this. But I think that the situation calls more for Jesse to be in on this situation. And I think it really, really matters. Because when he says, I look at you girls... And I look at Nikki and Alex, and I just don't understand how somebody could hurt their child like that. And the tears are just falling down my cheek. I, I remember the episode. I know it like the back of my hand. And it just breaks my heart. We do see the aftermath. Stephanie goes to school. Charles isn't there. They were partnered up to do an assignment. The teacher says, we'll have to get you another partner. Stephanie's like, I thought I was working with Charles. And the teacher says, well, Charles is going to be out all week. You know, his father said he had an accident. And, of course, the two girls, played by Daniel Fischel and some unknown actress, are live. like, oh, he is an accident. Stephanie comes to his defense and says, stop it. Don't talk that way about him. Of course, Stephanie goes up to the desk, says, what kind of accident did Charles have? And the teacher says, well, his father said he fell down the stairs. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. Of course, the aftermath of that is, it's later on, Stephanie comes home, Charles has still not been in school, it's been over a week. Uh, Jesse says, I called CPS. Because at one point, he gets on the phone. As soon as Stephanie tells him, Jesse gets on the phone. And she's like, why? Why do you need to make a phone call? What's going on? He's like, if I don't call CPS, I'm going to go down there and straighten his father out myself. It's like, Jesse, I know that you want to protect this child. And that's great that you want to be a hero. But you go in and do that. That man will clearly press charges and have you arrested for assaulting him. 
I know that is probably the main thing. We hear someone is hurting their child or somebody. And the one thing we all want to do, and I know it, jump in there and fix the situation. You take the child out of the situation. You bring pain to the person that is inflicting pain on that said child. That is, it makes you angry, right? Yes. But, okay. So, sum up that story. And like I said, I will cover all of this when I cover this episode. But, CPS came in, took Charles, put him in a foster home. Stephanie gets angry, says, I never should have told you. And Jesse's like, no, you did the right thing. Because of you, Stephanie Tanner. Charles's father can't hurt him. And Charles and his father, they need to get the help. And they're going to get that help. So, that's why I want to see Charles come back in the final season for an episode and just say, Stephanie, my name is Charles. You remember me. You really helped me out. Thank you. Oh, gosh. I would love that. That is my dream cameo comeback episode would be that all right let's jump back into uh silver spoons here all right so now we come back from the commercial break and it looks like it's the next day because kate is at her desk she's wearing red instead of blue you know it seems like the characters switch from a lot of reds and a lot of blue clothing Edward looks really nice. He's coming in the door. He's got his briefcase. He's got a scarf on. He's got an overcoat on over his suit and tie. Probably went to a business meeting for all we know. So, yeah, I guess he's been in a board meeting and Kate asked how it was. And he's like, just like it says, I was bored. And he's like, oh, did I get any phone calls? Any mail come through? And she says, we got a catalog for Will's clothing. They're having their 15th annual going out of business sale. It just seems like a lot of big name brick and mortar stores now are going out of business. Because it seems like a lot of people are doing stuff, Leo online. Toys R Us is gone. Uh, I think Sears is gone. Um, I don't know if JCPenney's has already had that. Yonkers, I think they might be done. Just a lot of stuff. People are just probably finding it easier to just go online and get what they need, have it shipped to them. So there's, you know, you're, you're saving yourself gas, which gas is almost at $3 a gallon. It hasn't hit it yet. I told Jeremy, it's like, it's almost like once it hits that $3 mark, it feels like it's not going to go back under. And we've been under $3 for at least, it feels like, maybe a couple to three years. It's like, I don't want to hit that. I remember way back when, it might have been back in uh, the mid-teens, when gas got all the way up to $4 and over. That was a crazy summer. So, Ricky's been in the library, and he comes out to see his dad. What do they got Phil dressed in now? I can't tell. Is that a dress? So, Ricky's like, hey, Dad, can I ask you something? And, of course, Edward's standing next to Kate, just kind of going through the mail, flipping through it. He's like, for the last time, Rick, we are not putting a fireman's pole in your bedroom. He's probably seen Ghostbusters and wants something like that. Didn't they have a fireman's pole there? Weren't they in a fire station? 
So here Ricky does want to break that promise to Toby and reveal what's going on. He's just worried how breaking that promise is going to affect him. So he tells his dad, remember when we saw that movie about that, that convict who swore an oath and everything like that? So I'm going to play this clip. As Ricky, buddy, I know you want to keep a secret, but you got to tell somebody. This is not going to get better. It's only going to get worse if you remain silent. Hi, guys. Hi, son. Listen, can I ask you something? Rick, for the last time, we're not putting a fireman's pole outside your bedroom window. <laughs> That's not it. Ah. Remember we saw that movie where the criminal wants confession and told the priest he'd been murdering people and the priest had to decide whether or not to tell the police? Oh, yeah, eventually Father Flanagan talked babyface into giving himself up. <laughs> well, well, that's the problem I have. Okay, Rick, who'd you murder? <laughs> Dad! I'm sorry. See, somebody told me a secret, made me promise not to tell it. But I think I should. Well, will something bad happen if you don't tell? It, it might. But you see, if I tell, I have to pull out all my nose hairs, one by one. Well, son, I think what you have here is a moral dilemma. So you have to weigh the consequences of keeping that secret against considerable nose hair pain. decision, but knowing you as I do, I'm sure you'll make the right one. Hmm? So, when Ricky says about pulling out nose hairs if he reveals the secret, both Kate and Edward, like, their hand goes to their nose, like, <sighs> it's like they can feel nose hairs being ripped out, like that sensation of, like, <sighs> so Edward's like, all right, you know, you do have a dilemma here. On one hand, you're telling the truth. Is this person going to be hurt or is something gonna, bad going to happen if you don't tell? And Ricky's like, yeah, probably it could. So I noticed someone outside that his face is covered. It must be really cold out there. Or, of course, maybe it's just for us. We, they don't want to reveal it yet. Somebody is out there knocking on the door. And of course, I believe it's Toby. And I don't think this is going to be good, guys. Because, like, you know, Kate and Edward, they have no idea. Ricky is the only one that knows Toby's secret. Rick! Toby! <laughs> Come on out, I got a brand new sled. showing off for my dad, right? We're walking down High Street, and we get to this picket fence, so I start walking on it. But then I slipped. Blammo. I'm kissing the sidewalk. <laughs> Toby, didn't get those bruises from falling off a fence. Sure I did. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. And you didn't hurt your arm falling out of a tree, either. Now, why don't you tell them what really happened? 
Rick, you promised. I, I know I promised, but some things are more important than promises. You gotta put an end to all this junk you're going through. Rick. Toby, these guys can help. They really can. Your father hit you, didn't he? Yeah, he hit me. But look, I had it coming. We got this brand new carpet, and I tracked mud all over it. Toby, do you think you deserve to be hit for that? What's well, a real expensive carpet? My dad warned me not to mess it up. I'm gonna have to talk with your father. No, please don't. Look, he said he was sorry. He even bought me that new sled. Son, now that I know about this, I have to talk to your father. But I don't want to get him in trouble. No, we don't want you to get hurt anymore. my god the waterworks oh my goodness uh so, all right so let's back it up for a moment here toby's outside his face and head are covered he's like hey rick come on uh let's go on my new sled that i got and of course rick is like okay i gotta get my hat and my glove and my uh coat and everything like that so i want you to stay inside because um toby's like no i'll just i'll wait for you outside and Ricky's like, no, 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 come on, it'll take, it'll take me a minute to get my coat and everything. And he pulls the, the hood off of Toby's jacket, and when Toby turns around, his face is beyond messed up, guys. He's got bruises, his lip is cut, it's very, very not good. And Toby spins this story about how he was w walking along a picket fence, which, is that a thing? I don't know. And then he's like, I tripped, sidewalk city, boom, messed up my face. And Ricky right away is like, you didn't get that walking on a fence. And you didn't really do that hurting you, hurt your arm either. You need to tell these guys. Your dad did that to you. And Toby, of course, he is scared to death that I don't want to get my dad in trouble. And he's like, my dad got this expensive new carpet. And I tracked mud all over the carpet, even though I wasn't supposed to. I'm like, oh, buddy. Carpets can be cleaned. What your dad is doing to you is emotional and that is gonna stay with him for a long that poor boy is gonna need so much therapy oh my gosh so I and Toby's angry like you promised Ricky you said you wouldn't say anything and Ricky's like I know I did but I don't want to see you get hurt anymore these guys can help you and Edward's like your father did that to you do you really think that he, you getting mud all over the carpet was a good reason for your dad to hit you? And, and, and Toby's just, he's like, I don't want to get my dad into trouble. And Edward's like, 
I know, son, but I need to have a talk with your father. We don't want to see you get hurt anymore. Oh my god, this is such a powerful scene. Um, so now we cut to the living room. See Edward there with this round table? It's got all different kinds of... We got like um, a pitcher of, I'm guessing, water. Does he got alcohol there too? And it looks like he's got like one of those gold type... Um, bowl things that if you're in a hotel, you'd put ice in and stuff like that. So, the doorbell rings, and I believe that's Toby's father. So, I am going to stop here, and I will come back tomorrow and finish this up. So, there's... The doorbell rings, Edward goes to the door, uses the door opener, and... Let me just say... Toby's dad is dressed in the finest clothes. Just like Toby said, his dad got this new expensive carpet. This guy seems to be about the flashiness. Like he wants the maybe the best home with the best furniture and the best carpet and the best suits because he's a businessman. Because he steps in the doorway into the foyer looks around, taking everything in, almost like, I could live here. This is a great place. He refers to it as a palace. Like, hey, quite a palace you got here. So I'm going to play this clip here. You know, you were pretty mysterious on the phone. <laughs> you said there was something about my son. What happened? Did Toby screw up? No, not at all. As a matter of fact, he's a terrific kid. Right, he is. Little guy means the world to me. Especially since his mother died. Larry, can I get you a drink? Uh, a cup of coffee, cola, root beer, ginger ale? I'll take a root beer. What the heck? It's after five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's something about Toby? <laughs> yeah. He's been having a lot of accidents lately. Yeah. Kids. He's at that awkward age, you know. Uh, the old coordination's all out of whack. You must have noticed his bruises. Yeah. Well, I have to take most of the blame for that. You do? Well, I never should have let him try a crazy stunt like that. See, he wanted to walk along the top of a picket fence. He was doing great at first until he hit this icy patch and... Larry? Yeah? Toby got the bruises from you. You hit him. Are you accusing me of beating up my own son? Look, I know there are reasons these Did things Toby happen. Did Toby tell you I hit him? I think we should discuss the situation. Like listen to this crap. Just sit down, Larry. Okay, here's your drink. Forget it. The hell, dude? So the guy comes in, and of course, Edward offers him, you know, a soda, ginger ale, root beer, what have you. And the guy takes, says, yeah, I'll take a root beer. He sits down, and he's, he says, well, you know, you sounded very vague on the phone. It's something about Toby. Did he screw up again? He immediately goes for the negative. Like, oh, did my son mess up again? What'd he do this time? And Edward's like, no, he did. He's a terrific kid. And... Toby's dad is like, yeah, he means the world to be to me, especially since his mother passed away. And then, of course, Edward noticed, you know, the bruises on Toby's face. So Toby's father 
has the same line about the picket fence. My guess is he coached Toby on what to say if somebody asked. Like, this is what happens. Let's get our what happened. Let's get our story straight so they match up when somebody questions us. Because you know that he is not going to be able to wear that scarf around his face forever. He's just not. And he's his bruises are all over his face. There's not a space that hasn't been touched by a bruise. So my guess is, what did his dad do? Hit him more than once in the face? You can't tell me that you... How many people hop on picket fences and hop along? I've never seen that in my life. I've heard of, like, running a stick along a picket fence, but walking across the top of one? And I don't, I, your face is going to be plenty messed up if you fall from a picket fence straight onto the sidewalk. Your nose will be broken. You'd have bruises under your, I'm, I've never fallen and hitting the sidewalk with my face before, so I don't know the extent. You probably have some broken teeth, depending on how high the picket fence is and how hard you hit that pavement. But no, Toby's bruises are that of somebody who was basically took many shots with their fists pounding into Toby's face, his jaw, his cheek, his eyes, all of it is covered in bruises. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. No, it's Toby's father that mentions the bruises. Like, oh, you must have seen his bruises. And then he goes into the story about Toby walking along the picket fence and then falling and hitting the sidewalk with his face. And... Toby's father's like, oh, well, I have to take most of the blame for that. And Edward's surprised, like, you do? Almost like he's thinking this guy is openly admitting to hitting his kid. But no, he goes into the picket fence story. And he's like, oh, Toby was doing great at first walking across this picket fence, but he hit an icy patch. On a picket fence? I mean, I've heard of, like, snow and frozen snow and stuff like that, but, I mean, a picket fence, you're just walking across if you can. I, I don't even think anybody's attempted, have they? May I might have seen it in a movie once. I don't know the movie, but now I'm getting a picture in my head like I've seen someone do that before. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, even if you got the best coordination in the world, if you're tightrope, walker, what have you, don't, no. So, before the guy can go any further into this picket fence story, Edward cuts him off, says, he got those bruises from you, because you hit him. And the guy is almost like, are you accusing me of, are you accusing me of beating up my own kid? And Edward's trying to, like, see, I, I understand there are reasons that you might. And the guy's like, hey, did Toby tell you that I hit him? Edward wants to discuss, like, find out why the guy is doing what he's doing to his son and maybe try to get him some help. But this guy gets off the cuffs. He's not having it. He really is not having it. Like, I don't have time to sit here and listen to this crap of you accusing me hitting my kid. So, oh, the guy's name is Larry, and Edward says, why don't you, I think you should sit down, we should talk about it here. Edward hands the guy the drink. The guy, boom, knocks it out of his hand, and all of a sudden the guy asks, like, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. So this guy has gotten a 
freaking anger streak a mile wide. The fact that you would get so angry that this guy you just met who's offering you a drink, you're going to slap it out of his hand. Like, what is your deal? Dude, you need to go... You're... You need some anger management issues. I don't care that his wife passed away. That is not an excuse to take your anger and your frustration and your sadness out on your child. This just seems like the trope. Almost as sad as it it seems to say that. It feels like it usually... And I'm not trying to say it's just men that hit their kids. Because, you know, there are women that probably do that that do that as well it's not a gender specific thing but it always seems the reason they do this either they're drinking because a wife left them passed away they lost a job they have to work two jobs they don't have time to take care of their kid they want they throw all these responsibilities under their kids saying i want you to clean the house do the dishes blah 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 and then when it's not done, they've been working for 8 to 12 hours straight. They're, you know, come home exhausted. And you see your kid hasn't done anything. And immediately you smack them around because you think that that's going to help fix the situation. It's not. I'm sorry. I mean to do that. It's tough to be a father. Every parent gets mad at their kids. Just the other day, Rick was dribbling a basketball in the house, and I told him to stop. And he went ahead anyway and ended up breaking something very valuable. And I was furious. I had the urge to hit him. Did you? No. Look, Toby needs discipline. It's for his own good. Larry, I believe in discipline, too. You don't understand. I work 60 hours a week just to keep a roof over my kid's head. I come home bone-tired. I look around, and the dishes I asked Toby to do are still sitting in the sink. (coughs) His bedroom, which he promised to clean, still looks like a pigsty. So I ask him about it. He looks up at me, and he says, I forgot. Well, it's not good enough to say, I forgot. It's a tough world out there. If all you've got is a bunch of lame excuses, you'll never amount to a damn thing. Instead of whimpering and whining, I should have shaked up. I should have done what I was told. But I didn't. It's no wonder my father was furious. It's no wonder he hit me. I mean, I hit Toby. So exactly like I was saying, with the excuses with the parent he's having to work 60 hours a week he comes home the dishes that he asked toby to do are still in the sink the bedroom he told toby to clean up because it's still a pigsty it's still a pigsty and he's thinking that's the only way to straighten out his kid is to beat some sense into him i'd be like no if i came home bone tired and i saw stuff wasn't done i'm like okay child you're not going to bed you're gonna do the dishes right now at 12 in the morning you're gonna clean your room at 12 in the morning and i'm gonna make sure you get it done and that in itself can be a lesson as in that way when i tell you to do something you will do it right away instead of having to be made to do it at 1 a.m 
or such and such. I remember one time, you know, I was probably in the same position with Toby. You know, my dad worked all the time. If he wasn't in the factory, he was out in the fields, you know, planting, you know, hay seed, raking hay, bailing hay, what have you. And he would get me, give me things to do. Vacuum the house, do the dishes, sweep the floors, do this, do that. And I, a lot of the time, I was, I'm a procrastinator, even still. And I would wait to the last minute. Like, oh, I see Dad's going to be home in like an hour. So I guess I better get started on stuff I should have been doing at like 10 a.m. instead of like 3.30 in the afternoon. Um, but one time in particular, my dad had threatened, and I didn't think he was actually going to go through with it. He threatened to wake me up at the time that he'd have to get up and get ready to go to work at like 5.30 in the morning. I didn't think he was going to, but he did. He pulled me out of bed, sat me at the table, gave me a sheet of paper and a pen. It's like, you're writing now what I need you to do. And I'm still like half asleep. I'm still, my mind is not awake yet. But I knew then that my dad was serious, that if he made, sometimes they were idle threats, sometimes he followed through, but, and turns out, this is a cycle for Toby's dad. He's like, it's a hard world out there, and you can't just go with the I forgots. You're not going to make it out there in the world, and this and that. That's how my dad did with me, and just because my dad hit me, yes, now we learn it's a cycle. It's a pattern. That doesn't mean every single kid that gets hit is going to grow up, have a child, and then do the same thing. It just depends on the person. Um, yeah, so Edward's like, your father hit you? So maybe in a way that Toby's father is just seeing this is how I was raised and this taught me how to be tough and make it in the world and this and that. And that's what he's trying to instill in Toby. That's not an excuse. That's not a reason. You can break that cycle by not repeating the habits of what your parents did prior to you. In a way, there are some kids that grow up and say, I am never going to do that to my child. I am never going to hit them or anything. And there are some out there that don't. It just depends on the person and the situation. But luckily nowadays, I mean, this episode, like I said, came out in 84. This stuff is still going on. And we can't turn a blind eye. There is a point now with the physical abuse that you cannot spank your child in public. You can't even really spank your child without somebody getting on their cell phone or taking a video of you spanking your child at like a Meyer or a Walmart and CPS is going to come to your house and yank your kids away from you. That's how bad it is. But then there are other situations where kids have it so much worse. I've heard such horror stories of where kids have been taken away but placed back in the home only to suffer even more at the hands of their abusers to the point where these children are eventually killed. And it's just so terrible. I, I, 
I don't even have words to describe it. And I gotta say, honestly, I think I'm one of the lucky ones because it could have been worse, but it wasn't. You know, kids have it so much worse than I... I mean, sure, I got spanked as a child, but back in the day, that's what you did to discipline your kid, right? But the horrors of what kids go through today at the hands of their parents or relatives or foster parents or, or whoever is, you know, taking over their care, it's just absolutely... Oh my god, but, alright, let's get back into this episode. So, Toby's dad admits that's how my father treated me. I was hit. He hit me. Your father hit you. He loved me, and I loved him. And I hated him. What I've been doing is wrong. I promise you I will never hit Toby again. You're right, Larry, you won't, because we're going to get you some help. What? What do you mean? <laughs> I'm on the board of Children's Hospital. We often work with an organization called Parents Anonymous. Oh, I don't do that. I told you I won't hit him anymore. Haven't you told yourself that before? full of freaks and weirdos. It's not like that, Larry. These people are just like you. They have the same problem. Why is this happening to me? You're supposed to know how to be a good parent. Who made that rule up? Nobody's born the perfect parent. I sometimes feel like by the time I learn all I need to know about being a father, I'll be a grandfather. And I'll have to learn that. But just let me think about this parents anonymous thing. There's a meeting tonight. We can have dinner, we'll go over there together, and I'll be with you the whole time. What if I say no? Well, then our only other choice is to call in the police. And you'll be charged with child abuse. And Toby will go to a foster home. He's my son. I don't think there's a court in the country that would take him away from me. You could be right. I remember last year there was... Kid came into the hospital, he was pretty banged up. And the doctors found out that his father had been beating him. They reported it, the case went to court, and the father swore up and down that he would never do that again. So the judge gave him the benefit of the doubt. And then a month later, he lost control and hit his son again found himself right back in court. Only this time, he was on trial for murder. So, Toby's dad, Larry, we'll call him Larry, because that's his name, he's like, I hate my father. I 
don't want Toby to hate me. And he sits back down on the couch. And he's got his chin kind of resting on his folded hands. And Edward sits down next to him and says that there is a program that is meant to help uh, parents that abuse their kids. Alright, so let me back it up for a minute. So... After he says, I don't want Toby to hate me, Edward sits down next to Larry, puts a comforting hand on his shoulder. It almost seems like he's getting through to Larry, like maybe he's starting to slowly see the light. So, Larry says, I promise you I will never hit Toby again. I now understand what I've been doing is wrong. And Edward's like, you're right, Larry, you won't, because we're going to get you some help. And immediately, the, the guy's like, what what help? What are you talking about? I didn't know. Well, maybe I did. I just forgot that Edward's on the board of the children's hospital. So this is a good coincidence that this just works happens to work out this way. And he tells Larry that the hospital often works with a group called, an organization called Parents Anonymous. Immediately, Larry gets up and goes over to the doors by the library. And Larry's like, I don't need that. I told you I will never hit Toby again. And Edward's like, well, still sitting on the couch. He's like, haven't you told yourself that before? Like, how many times do people say, I'm not going to do this. I swear I'm not going to. And then what happens? You end up making the same mistake over again, even though you swore up and down that you wouldn't. And Lara's like, yeah, but I'm not going to a place full of freaks and weirdos. Buddy, this is not, like, a sex addiction anonymous thing. This isn't an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. It's not a pedophile anonymous meeting. It's not... He's probably thinking, oh, you're going to lump me in with the people that molest their children or something like that. It's like, he just... And also probably sees himself as not really having a real problem. Like, don't lump me into these categories with these people that are full-time abusers of children. Like, I... And this guy's clearly a businessman he probably doesn't want that block he doesn't want any of this to come to light think about it if his job if his company if his employer got wind that this guy is beating on his kid couldn't he lose his job and Edward gets up and goes over to him he's like no Larry it's not like that these people are just like you they have the same problems and Larry walks back over to the couch. He's like, as he's walking, he's saying, why is this happening to me? You're supposed to be a good parent. And Edward just is like, okay, who made up that rule? As soon as I figure out one problem with my kid or one issue, by the time I feel like I've got that figured out, I'll be a grandfather. There's no manual that tells you how to raise your kid. Granted, there are those books that are what to expect when you're expecting. There's plenty of them. There's also ones that deal with toddlers, preschoolers, kids going into junior high, kids going into high school, kids leaving for college, all those types of things. 
but they may give you examples. They may give you, you know, experiences from other people and stuff like that. But all you can do is just go based on your own experience and maybe gleam a little bit of that knowledge and see if it works for you. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. All situations, all families, all kids are completely different. You have to do what is best according to the, the situation. As I've said, I'm not a parent. I have fur children, as in animals, a cat, a rabbit, and a hamster. So, Larry just wants to think on this, about this meeting thing, the support group or organization. And Edward is really, really pushing on it. It's like, hey, they got a meeting tonight. You can come here. We'll all have dinner. I will go with you. I will be there with you the whole time. So, Larry's like, what if I say no to this? What if I choose not to go to this organization? Edward's point blank with him. He's like, well, then I'll call the police. And they're like, and Larry's like, what makes you think that they're going to take my kid away from me? And yeah, it's like, that evidence, take pictures of his face. Show like a judge. This is what's going on. Like, yeah, you go to the police, you can be arrested, they'll take you into court. Toby would probably have to testify against his father. So, Edward tells this very sobering story about um, a man who swore up and down he would never hit his kid again. And the judge gave him the benefit of the doubt. A month later, the guy was back in court again, only this time he was on trial for murder after he had hit his kid again. Only he hit his kid to the point where his kid passed away. Oh my god. Like I said, guys, this episode is a downer. It's not a pretty episode. It's really bad. So yeah, this sobered this guy right up, even though he hasn't been drinking, but uh, he sits da back down on the couch and he probably never even thought... That you could hit your kid or hurt your kid to the point of killing them. Dude, you may think you have this under control, but you clearly don't. You can't just say, I'm never going to do this again. I'm never going to do this again. Because you never know, the next time Toby's not doing something you asked him to do, it'll get out of hand and Toby falls, hits his head on something, he's got a concussion... He's unconscious. You take your kid to the hospital. Immediately, they're going to say, what happened? You make up a lie. What are all these bruises on his face? Let me call CPS. I'm going to bring in a police officer here. They don't mess around with that crap. They don't mess around. They take you know, child abuse very, very seriously. Now we have Toby and Ricky and I believe Kate coming in. So they've probably all been outside sledding and stuff. Edward probably said, I have Toby's father coming over. Please keep Toby outside and occupied while I talk to his father. That was such a blast. <laughs> what about that jump we did? She's been that good. Go on, yeah. She got about this high. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hi, Dad. Hello, son. 
The, the sled's terrific. <laughs> yeah, we went down Tugman's Hill close to 300 miles an hour. Yeah, we whipped around the corner and almost hit Mrs. O'Reilly. She's seven years old, but I bet she can make the Olympic high jumping team. <laughs> Summers, Larry Anders. Hello. Son, sit down here for a minute. We're going to have to split up for a while. Why? Because <laughs> I have a problem. I think it's about time I did something about it. Doing that, I want you to stay with Aunt Florence for a while. Dad, everything in our house has a doily on it. <laughs> I know. But she'll take care of you while I work on my problem. I want to be a better father. I love you, Dad. So Toby sees his dad and he's like, hey, dad, the sled is working great. So Toby sits down on the couch next to his dad. His dad says, son, we are going to have to split up, split up for a bit. And of course, Toby's like, why? I, what did I do? And his dad's like, you're going to stay with your aunt Florence for a while. I need to work on my problem and I need to be learn to be a better, a better father. Oh, and they hug, and Toby's like, I love you, Dad. Oh, and they hug, and it's just, it's sweet. And we uh, cut over to Edward, Ricky, and Kate, and it's so emotional that Kate has to turn away and put her face to Edward's shoulder. She's probably tearing up, too, I can imagine. So, I mean, in the end, I mean, it does... You know, we don't see Toby again. We don't see him. We don't know how it works out. I'm sure that it does. I can imagine um, Aunt Florence is probably going to be, what, uh, Larry's sister? What are the odds that she, I mean, other than, like, I'll take your son, but you're not seeing him, of course. And I want to make sure that you get the help that you need. Maybe she'll sue him for custody. Like, I, I don't think you're better. I think I want Toby to stay with me. So that is the episode. I honestly would give this one a 5 out of 5 just based on the acting alone was really good. The subject matter, they did show the before and after the um, the resolution of Toby's father admitting, I'm going to get help. And just Edward talking to him, giving him that scenario about the guy who went to court said he never hit his kid the judge gave him the benefit of the doubt the guy ended up back in court a month later because he'd hit his kid again only he was on trial for murder so yeah like like i said this mino palouse that boy can act i can say definitely runs in the family him and soleil both just wow. Um, yeah, I thought definitely five out of five. Um, the gift that Edward gives Kay, Ellie, Kim just being nervous and everything. Um, 
Edward grabbing Ricky like that, just as an example that he could use to kind of uh, confide in, in Toby's father in a way to maybe get Toby's father to trust him to be able to feel comfortable to open up. Like, oh, here's a father who got angry and wanted to lash out his, at his kid, but he didn't. So... I, I honestly don't know going forward, guys. I hope we don't see Edward like that again. But with season 3, 4, and 5, I don't know. At one point, Ricky ends up m moving out. He runs away because he broke curfew that his dad set up. There's a drunk driving episode. I saw there was a picture of Ricky in a hospital bed with bandages around his head and his arm in a sling. And So, a lot of stuff down the road. Those are probably going to be the more serious episodes mixed in with the funny ones. For the Silver Spoonful, uh, I gotta say, is even if you feel like you're buttoning into somebody's business... If you feel that a child is is being abused in any way, even if you could be wrong, honestly, I wouldn't hesitate to call somebody to let somebody know. That way, an investigation... But then again, sometimes you need to be very, very sure that a child is being... Phys if they're being physically, emotionally, sexually abused in any way. I know that sometimes this, the for the other emotionally abused, sexually abused, sometimes it is hard to see, but I'd say call the police, call CPS, call family services, somebody. And I'm not a professional by any means. I don't have a PhD. I'm not a doctor, but if I were the child in that situation, I would want somebody to speak up for me. Um, real quick, I do want to go through. There are a few shows out there that um, you may be surprised that had episodes that dealt with child abuse. One is Little House on the Prairie, Season 1, Episode 20, entitled Child of Pain. Well, the Walnut Grove community intervenes after a badly beaten Graham Stewart is found unconscious on the floor of his cabin. The victim of his father, John's drunken rage. While Graham recovers at the Ingalls farm, John Stewart reluctantly agrees to let Charles Ingalls help him dry out and, in the process, begins to face the root of the anger that drives him to drink and hurt the son whom he loves, or who loves him. I did mention Punky Brewster, uh, Season 4, Episode 16, entitled Bad Dog. Brandon's behavior receives complaints from other tenants. He is excessively barking, keeping people up. However, there is a reason for his barking. A new girl and her single mother move into the apartment building that uh, Cherry and Punky live in. Um, one day the girl does show up with a black eye, and it turns out that her mother is physically abusing her. It's the same story. The mother is overworked. She's working two jobs. And the daughter is just whiny and complaining, and the mother gets angry, hits her daughter. It's, 
it just seems like that is the main cause is because it's a single parent who's trying to hold down a job or two jobs to keep a roof and food in the house for the child. Different strokes. We have season season is this? Season 5 episodes. It's a two-parter. Episodes 16 and 17, The Bicycle Man. Um, if you grew up around the 70s, 80s, this is one of the most infamous episodes out there that deals with a form of abuse. Not physical abuse, but sexual abuse. In this episode, Arnold and Dudley become friends with the owner of a local bicycle shop named Henry, unaware that he is a pedophile looking for his next victim. And what sucks about this is a guy who plays said pedophile is Gordon Jump, who played Maggie Seaver's father on Growing Pains. Now, I saw this man play Maggie Seaver's father first. So, of course, seeing him play this pervert just makes me sick to my stomach. There's also Season 4, Episode 20 of Mr. Belvedere, entitled The Counselor, where Wesley's summer camp experience is marred by a counselor who gains his trust and then betrays it with the manner in which he attempts to touch him. He is afraid to come forward with the truth until the man decides to take another one of the boys under his wing. These, All these episodes could be um, categorized under the special episode banner. Uh, I think that a lot of them were in order to boost ratings for the shows, but they also proved to be very powerful messages. And I think in a way that really helped open kids' eyes and adults' eyes to the fact that this is this world is not a safe world, world that we live in. And I hate to be a downer, but... Guys, it's not getting any better. It is not getting any better. So really, all we can honestly do is keep our eyes open and look out for one another. Because like I said, if kids don't have a voice, if they can't talk about this, because, you know, it's got to be really hard for them to open up about something like that, as serious as that, then we need to be that voice for that child. We need to be able to stand up and help them if they can't help themselves. Now, the episode title is called Spare the Rod. The phrase, spare the rod, spoil the child, is a modern-day proverb that means if a parent refuses to discipline an unruly child, that child will grow accustomed to getting his own way. He will become, in the common vernacular, a spoiled brat. Really? Let's see. I wonder if we get anything else. Alright, gotcha, gotcha. Alright, let's talk about next week's episode. We got two episodes left to season two, and we are done. We will pack it in. Season two, episode 21, entitled Blazing Hotel Rooms. Well, that doesn't sound good. While in Miami for a toy convention, Edward, Ricky, and Dexter are trapped in their hotel room during a fire. I kind of briefly remember something about them escaping off of the, um, the balcony or the fire escape or something like that to get out of the room. This one's got a high rating. It's got a 7.8 out of 10. 
All right. Well, that is the podcast episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. Maybe you even learned a little something. And I'll be back next week with Blazing Hotel Rooms. Have a great week, everybody. And look forward to two full house episodes coming out this week. All right. 